Welcome to the newest episode of It's My Turn with Charlie Turner Thorne. I'm Charlie Turner Thorne, the head coach of Arizona State University women's basketball. I've been a head coach for 26 years, so I'm used to getting asked the hard questions. There's always a lot of pressure to win while developing the lives of our 18 to 22 year old women. The most challenging part of all this? Well, all of it. But now it's my turn to ask the questions while hopefully sharing a few nuggets of my own about leadership and building a winning culture. All right, Lynn Holzman, you're on the hot seat with CTT. We ready? I'm ready. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. This is awesome. Like, before we start, though, this is awesome you're doing this. Yeah, you know, and I'm trying to, you know, of course we want people that are impactful in women's basketball, but, you know, just even bigger than that is what we've tried to strive for a little bit. We had our last podcast was Rick Welts. Do you know Rick at all? Yeah. Yeah. He's such a yeah, great guy. Yeah, I met him when I was in the Bay. I met him when he was in the Bay Area, and it was kind of through Jennifer Azey. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, we'll, we'll have, just have a little fun with this, and, you know, I might tweak a few of the questions, but it will all be fun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I first met you when I was on the board of directors at WBCA, and I was always so impressed with you at the legislative meetings and, you know, at our, at our board meetings. And, you know, wasn't surprised when you went on to be the commissioner of the WCC and even less surprised that you're now the vice president for women's basketball of the NCAA. And, um, you know, before we kind of get into some, you know, maybe uh, bigger stuff, I, I, I have it on on good authority that you could actually throw a football on a dime, 50 yards, tight spiral um, and that you are just an incredible athlete. So I think this is relevant. I think this is because, you know, I mean, like, it, you know, you get a little older as a coach or as an administrator, as leader, and it's like, well, you know, who are you? But you are a great athlete. And I thought maybe you could just share really quickly, not necessarily maybe your favorite athletic moment, but maybe something that you overcame as an athlete, Lynn, because I want everybody to know you're a, you have and are a great athlete, have been and are a great athlete. Wow. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Thanks. And, you know, um, as you're talking about that, I was kind of reflecting back through the different stages of my life, you know, childhood, everything. Um, sports have been such a vital part of my life. You know, that was the way that our family kind of how we interacted with each other growing up. Um, and sports just, it became an integral part of who, who I am as a person. Um, and I was, I was a multi-sport athlete besides just doing all the, the games and everything, multi-sport athlete throughout high school. And I was actually recruited for volleyball, basketball, and softball coming out of high school. Wow. Um, but I would say probably the, um, a, an example of something where I had to overcome something. Um, it, I, would, I would point to my experience at Kansas State University as a women's basketball student athlete. And I went, when I was there as part of my career, we went through a coaching change. And um, that experience where, for me, um, loyalty and um, kind of the desire to really try to have a impact on a program and a team and everything, I stuck it out. I wasn't going to leave. I wasn't going to transfer. Um, 
And I went from one coaching style to the to a different one. The different one was more conducive to the type of player I was. So there was some, you know, personal satisfaction maybe in that. But going through that experience as a student athlete is one that I believe has affected me in my perception about experiences of student athletes, but also, frankly, as a leader and a manager yeah. and managing change and and highs and lows and everything. And adjusting to people. That's a great one, especially for, um, you know, just today, the, you know, the day that we're in today in terms of, uh, you know, making a commitment and trying to, you know, honor it and, and just, you know, fight through when things don't go your way. Yeah. <laughs> that, that truly does, re, 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 you know, uh, we're, we're going to talk about that a little at the end after we let you get off. Just, you know, how do you behave when you don't get what you want? But um, thank you for that. And now on, on a bigger, maybe bigger picture, um, obviously the basketball community, you know, eagerly um, awaited, you know, the revealing of the NCAA strategic plan for women's basketball. I think it's been really well received. It's incredibly comprehensive. Um, so if you could snap your fingers like and and change one thing right now in all of women's basketball cuz i mean clearly we can't talk about everything and and i know there's a lot of you know moving parts right now and the wheels are in motion and and we're you know really excited um you know for a lot of great things to come out of this and and for the implementation and some of it's short term and some of it's long term but like if you could snap your fingers today and say you know i would i would love to see this change now in women's basketball, what would that be? And that's a really hard question. Wow. Sorry. So, you know, you can just. <laughs> that's hard. It's hard because I have a list of, of things that I think would positively impact our brand, our game, our brand, the experience. Um, right now, if I could snap my fingers, I, what I would do is um, I would like to see the result that we have more women in coaching, including head coaching positions and women of color that are more representative of our student athletes. To me, it is absolutely huge. It is transformational for women to see women in leadership positions. And we've seen other, we've seen individuals talk about this, whether it was Coach McGraw, when she um, had some comments about this last year at the championship. We've, we've talked about this in different capacities. Um, but to me, that is so important, and it sets the tone. It sets the um it's kind of a foundational thing for those that are playing the game to really have the opportunity to be exposed to both men and women. But in this case, to have more women in coaching and head coaching positions, I think would be transformational for a game. And a lot of th benefits will come off of that. Yeah, that's, that's a great answer. Thank you, Lynn. Yeah. And a courageous one. So I appreciate it. Um, I mean, you, you've had so many leadership experiences in your career. Um, any, any advice, you know, for, um, in, in any, you know, there's listeners in all different disciplines, not just even in the, in the, in the sports world, any advice to, um, you know, help people be an effective leader in today's world? Um, I think a couple pieces. One, um, I think to recognize, acknowledge, and really embrace that you never stop learning. And that there, um, through that, the, the self-awareness that you have as an individual, the emotional intelligence, and how that translates into having empathy, having good listening skills, being able to collaborate, all of that com comes off as kind of that emotional intelligence and just a commitment to ongoing learning and listening. And then the other thing I would say is you got to, as a leader, you really need to determine what your leadership style or philosophy is. 
And for me, I, it's just part of the fabric of who I am, this notion of servant leadership. And that come, that kind of translates for me into the, into the um, aspects of being passionate about what you're involved in and also a recognition that it's all bigger than you. It's not about you. It's about us. It's about, in this case, the job I have now. It's about women's basketball and the growth and development of sport. And I'm just part of a lot of key stakeholders that can hopefully have a positive impact on what we're doing in women's basketball. I cannot do it alone, but it is bigger than me. And, and to me, that's in this day and age, as a leader, it can be very humbling because at the same time, you have to figure out where to be assertive. You have to figure out where you are out in front, where you're a face, where you're kind of sitting back and let others take the lead. Um, but that notion of servant leadership is a foundational principle of which I live. Man, spoken like a like a coach. <laughs> We're con- constantly preaching these things to our young women, Lynn, and, and that is great advice for people because uh, I think one of the things I try to um, impress upon our you know leaders within our team is just you know most people just need an ear, not an earful, and you know you're, you need to you know it's not about you, it's not about you, it's not about you, it can't be about you, and uh, and yeah, you know. Um, obviously the best leaders it's it's not about intellect it's about that emotional intelligence so thank you um that was awesome now hey kind of a fun thing great job on the uh espn coverage for the ncaa tournament um i know i have often heard complaints about you know we couldn't see your game or the you know the whip around coverage and you know i thought all the games were on and you know you've got to buy this big package and um it's my understanding from the announcement that people are going to be able to watch all the games this year for our NCAA tournament. Is that is that accurate, Lynn? Yeah, yeah. And this, you know, um, specifically what the announcement was a couple weeks ago is that ESPN has committed to putting our semifinals at our championship on ESPN, their flagship network. Previously, they were on ESPN2, and just the championship was on ESPN. Um, right. And then, as you referenced, our first and second rounds previously, they were provided across the ESPN, a, a couple networks on what was called regionalization. So you could really only watch based on geo-blocking and everything else, games in certain regions. And with the announcement, um, ESPN has committed to those first and second round games of our championship that they will be, regionalization is eliminated, and therefore the games can be accessed across their family of networks by simply changing the channel. This is something that um, with our partners at ESPN, what we're seeing is their increased investment in women's basketball based on the success of the WNBA, our women's final four the last several years. Last year, for example, we saw an 8% ratings increase with the women's final four. So it's, it, it's success breeds success. And this is an example of that where a work done by Others within women's basketball, since I came on board with Carol Stiff and her leaders and the leadership at ESPN, we were able to move, um, move basically to this place that we have enhanced coverage by our partner, the NCAA's partner, um, broadcast partner around our championship, ESPN. So it is so exciting. It is a fan for our fans. This is something, as you said, we have heard um, and ESPN heard the criticisms or concerns from fans because they want to watch the games. And now they have, they're going to have opportunities to do that across their linear networks. Woohoo! Well, we are uh, yeah. so, yeah, so grateful for you and Carol Stiff, you know, because... Uh, 
this is, I think, you know, going to be obviously sometimes as coaches, you're just in your office, you know, watching countless hours of film and it's X and O's and win games. But, you know, there's the bigger picture is we want people to want to watch our players and, and grow our sport. Mm-hmm. And this uh, obviously is is only going to help that. So um, with that, Lynn, I promised I wouldn't take up too much of your time today. And I'm sure um, that everybody's going to really appreciate all your insight and um, and just, you know, great wisdom that you shared with us today. And we're grateful for your leadership and really excited for the things to come with NCAA um, women's basketball. Well, thank you for the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, you too. Have a great rest of your day. Bye, Lynn. You too. Thanks. Bye bye. Well, great words of wisdom from our vice president of NCAA women's basketball, Lynn Holzman. And and just to kind of follow up and finish up our broadcast, I want to share a quote that this was one of Amanda Levin's favorite quotes. It's become one of my favorite quotes now. Amanda, of course, a player and former coach of ours at ASU. How you do anything is how you do everything. And that standard is kind of what I want to talk about today in terms of everything that we do at ASU women's basketball within our program, it it starts with who we are. Um, And I think, you know, hopefully our listeners will appreciate, you know, you, if you really want to be consistent um, with who you are, it's, it can't vary in terms of if you get what you want or you don't get what you want. You know how I think a really telling thing is how people behave when they don't get what they want and how they treat other people. Um, You know, it's very easy to fall in, this world and get distracted and really focus on results. And then all you want is that next result and that next result. And in, in, and in that, um, you, you lose sight of your relationships, you know, you're not focused on the people. Um, and I think one thing that we really try to emulate with our staff and we really try to teach and, and help our players, um, master as best they can before they graduate is that, you know, you, be who you are no matter what, you know, and be true to your character, whether you win, whether you lose. Um, you know, it's all nice when you win the big game and everybody loves you and, you know, you're all happy. But how about when you underperform and you don't win the game you thought you should have? Who are you then? You know, Who are you and how do you treat other people? And are you still rooted in your relationships or are you kind of dwelling on whatever behavior you didn't want or or you do want? And, you know, not that that's not important. Obviously, we want to get things done. We want to win games. Um, I'm going to just kind of close this up. I thought it was kind of relevant this, this week in the recent passing of Kobe Bryant, because right before he passed, we actually watched an interview with him. Um, so it was a bit surreal that we then lost him a few days later, but he was talking about, you know, do you hate to lose or do you love to win? And, you know, what's, how do you deal with failure? And his comments were just so, on point with what we believe in in our program, which is there is no such thing as failure. Our, 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 our quote is there's no such thing as mistakes, just learning opportunities, but it's, it's essentially the same. You know, you get into uh, situations and you just need to try to figure them out. And by doing that, you can stay in the moment, you can have fun and you can get better. 
uh, versus putting tremendous pressure on yourself and kind of getting bogged down with that fixed mindset of, you know, I've got to win or, you know, pressurizing things and, and not performing the way you can. So, um, I think I encourage anybody to look up some of his interviews, uh, that he's done, he did since he retired, because I think, you know, whether you call it the mama mentality or whatever, I mean, he just, like most people that are very successful, really gets what it takes in terms of centering on who you are and first and foremost, and then what you do will take care of itself. So until next time, go Devils. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of It's My Turn with Charlie Turnerthorne.